Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we look at the best TV shows that movies had to offer and see what the future has in store for soccer moms. We also watch an Aussie horror flick and test our nerves in sudden death trivia. It's time for a top three turf war. Here's the deal. There are tons of TV shows being made about movies. This year alone, we had Get Shorty. Last year, we had The Exorcist. There are just so many movies being made into TV shows. So, got us thinking, what are the best? Ivana, what's your number three in this top three turf war? Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that one. I might... Have to add it to my list of honorable mentions. Why is it on there? I love the movie. I love the TV show. Uh, Season two, The Last Day of Camp or The Reunion just came back. Um, I just think it's great. It's great comedy. It has great stars. Um, They come back and they do this show because they love it. And it's just fantastic. And first day of camp alone, like the scene with Paul Rudd coming in and his hair and everything. Oh, it's just too funny. And, and I loved it. I love how tongue in cheek it is with their age being older now. And, uh, you know, but that was the case even in the first one, the first one, the big joke was they hired people in their late twenties to pay people in their like mid teens. And so they just kept going with the joke and it works so well. I think it works better now that they're even older. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So my number three might not come as any surprise if you heard what my top 10 movies were last year or TV shows were last at the beginning of the year, I guess. Um, It is Lethal Weapon. And, you know, every week I, I tune into Lethal Weapon. It's some fun. It's some schlock. But there's always a little heartfelt story in there as well in each episode. I think Fox really got it right. Nothing will ever touch the movies. But, you know, Damon Wayans and Clay Crawford, they do a pretty damn good job as Riggs and Murtaugh on the TV show. I highly recommend it to anybody who's just like looking for a fun show. Every episode's fun. It's procedural, but it's with heart. Yeah, I don't think it's that schlocky, to be honest. I disagree with that description. You've mentioned it that way many times, and I think that the show is true to itself. It's just also a bit of a comedy. Well, it is. Yeah. Because it, ha- it has to be. Because the movies also add but comedy so much comedic elements. But schlocky. And I feel like people poo on comedy, like put it down a notch. I think it's a really great show. See, I don't call it schlock for that factor. I call it schlock because it is not something new that we've seen on television. It's something that's been done again and again and again. And that's why I call it schlock. Interesting, because that's u- schlock is usually used uh, to describe something that is like lowbrow. Well, I like not the, like like not I love of high quality. I love and the I think good the show doctor. Is of high quality. I love the good doctor, but I think it's schlock. I think it's like the same kind of thing that we've seen over and over again. Um, but schlock, but it's okay. Low quality, not something you've seen before i i don't know i don't know if i do think it's of low quality i think it's of but i mean that's what the word means well then i got the i the the 
then I'm saying it wrong, I guess. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's not an original idea. It's the same sort of concept we've seen over and over. And that's what I mean when I say when I say schlock, that's what I'm talking about. I just want to fact check that indeed schlock means cheap or inferior goods or material or trash. So Maybe well, and you maybe not use that word. And I'm going to use the word. I'm always going to use the word. But the I like the word. But you're just liking a word that means something totally different from what you're saying. Well, it it maybe it's inferior to the first ever one we saw. So it's schlock. I guess, but when you say it around something that you think is of a high quality show, I feel like you're misleading. People. I don't think it's a high quality show. You do. I do. But I don't. So I just you think, think it's, it's fun. a shitty show. I think it's a great fun show that is of a lower quality. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't and think you it's think good doctor is of a lower quality. Yeah, I don't think these shows are like particularly the best that the world has to offer in any way. I think they are among the best for the type of shows they are. This is this is where we differ. But I still put Lethal Weapon as one of the best shows based on a movie. What is your number two? Uh, my number two is. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Holy fuck. Why is it number two? Because I have another show that I think is better. Okay. All right. Well, okay. What's your... So, well, we'll get to Buffy. We'll get to Buffy. All right. We can My talk number about two it is Ash versus the Evil Dead. Okay. Um, you know, this is just a really natural step for Bruce Campbell. It is. To move into the TV realm. They play on the the comedy parts of Evil Dead so well in the show, but you still get all that gore. You still get everything that the Evil Dead stands for in every episode, and some of the episodes actually deliver some pretty good scares while decapitating people and having the fake blood run amok. So, Ash versus Evil Dead. I need to know what your number one is. I, I can't even tell you more about this. Till I hear what number one is. Well, my number one is Bates Motel. Okay, Bates Motel is on my honorable mentions because I haven't finished it. So that's, I, I can't put it at number one. I also don't think I can put it at number one because obviously my number one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is my favorite show of all time. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not my favorite show of all time. So that's I know this part of it. But I think that Bates Motel is a better series. Um, I, I'm not finished the fifth season. I'm currently halfway through um, I don't even think I can talk about one of my favorite things because like it was a surprise when I saw it in season five and I was like, oh, wow, they're doing this. And, and then they did it this way. And oh, and it made me just have a lot more respect for the show. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it ends. But regardless of that, I think it is a really great adaptation. And it does things a little differently than the movie that it was based on, but I think it enhances the overall property. Uh, Vera Farmiga is like, like the, just the acting of the whole cast in this is stellar. Um, the production quality is amazing. The stories are really great. Um, and I think that it's a really high quality show. I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer is also really great, but sometimes it is a little bit dated and there were seasons in Buffy where I didn't really even like it anymore. Like, and then I had to get through what? those seasons to get back into towards the end when I really loved it again. Like the whole, um, the blonde guy who replaced David Boreanaz, who like worked for the underground um, 
company. Yes. What was his name again? His name was Riley. Right. Riley sucked. I hated everything Riley. Um, and, and, and Don, while the end kind of justified the means while you were living through it was not amazing. Whereas Bates Motel, although also had a few moments where things were just like, okay, this is getting strange. Um, overall, I think it's a little bit more artfully crafted. And I think, uh, takes the spinoff to a new place. Um, but I will say this for Buffy, the television show, it's much better than the movie, which is super rare. And I would argue the Bates Motel can't be better than Psycho. But I haven't seen it. I've only seen like a handful of first season episodes. Oh, you haven't seen mu- all Oh, anything. I haven't seen... Uh, yeah, no. Like the key art for Bates Motel, I feel like has destroyed the... <laughs> destroyed it for me and then i know what happens in psycho so i'm kind of like okay i i know where it's going right but that's the whole point is like it's how do you get to becoming this crazy murderous man well the other thing too that's very interesting about bates motel is that psycho is based on ed gein who i again i haven't seen bates motel so i don't know if they've based Norman Bates a little on Ed Gein where he, you know, wore people's faces and like Ed Gein is also the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Like there's, they're both, both of these movies are based on those killings. Um, so I'm very, I am looking forward for Bates Motel to watch it, but I'm waiting for season five to show up on Netflix so that I can watch it all in one go. Um, cause it, I think right now they only have season one through four. I don't think, I don't think you can watch it all in one go. I've had to take breaks. Ah, okay. It's That's a really intense show. It's kind of like breaking bad. You, you can, you want to binge it, but you can only binge so much before you need a break. And I couldn't even get through breaking bad. So maybe Bates motel won't be for me, but Buffy the vampire slayer sure is. It's my favorite show. It is the number one on my list. As I said, how the hell are we going to choose between Buffy and Bates Motel? Well, Buffy was on my list, so I'll give it to you a number one as long as Bates Motel gets number two. Sure. What are we going to put in number three? Um, what was your... So, Wet, Wet Hot, Hot American, American Summer? Summer? Yeah. And I've got Ash versus the Evil Dead and Lethal Weapon. I think Wet Hot American Summer makes sense. All right. I think we've got a list. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Like Ash vs. Evil Dead is awesome, but it might not be awesome for everyone. Whereas Wet Hot American Summer is like more universal. And appeal. it's also somehow totally like stuff we've seen before and yet stuff we've never seen before all at once. Well, and because it's a prequel, you don't have to have seen the movie. Right. Whereas Ash vs. Evil Dead is a continuation from the movies. Um, and Lethal Weapon is a reboot, but... You should see the movie. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer is its own thing. Yeah. You know, so is Bates Motel. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a continuation from the movie. Is, is it a continuation? It is. Ah. Because she talks about how her old school burnt down. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And how the gymnasium was full of vampires. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's count this down. Number three, Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. Number two, Bates Motel. And the number one show based on a movie is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
All right, I got honorable mentions, including Bates Motel and Wet Hot American Summer. They're both on my honorable mentions. Nice. Um, I also have Hannibal, which I never finished. Oh, I never finished that either. Yeah. MASH, which I never watched completely. I've never seen any, but I really want to see it. And the Beetlejuice cartoon. Interesting. All right. I have Lethal Weapon. Uh, Westworld never saw the movie, but I've seen the TV show. It's pretty good. Uh, and Clueless, which is an oh, a, yeah. a horrible show based on an amazing movie, and yet somehow I still love it. So it just made my list. You know what is funny about some of these things? Like, Clueless stayed pretty true to the movie. Oh, no, it didn't at all. No? Zero. I thought, like, all the same characters were... Yeah, sure, they had the same characters, but that is... Like, Clueless, the movie, is, like like written genius like it's so advanced it's so um on the nose it it it's ability for 11 year old me to be like you know like what like believing what Cher says to adult me being like oh that's what they're talking about the show has none of that the show is one level it's stupid it's literally made for like 10 year old well I was gonna say like Beetlejuice, the TV show, makes Beetlejuice a hero in the TV show. Yeah, I remember that. But he is the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. So it's like, and it's so bizarre because at the end of Beetlejuice, uh, the the movie, Lydia literally hates Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. They like they banish Beetlejuice, and I'm saying Beetlejuice a lot. But for for a children's cartoon, of course he's going to be the good guy. But what? But it's a continuation from the movie. In the first episode, Lydia and Beetlejuice have a one-year anniversary from when they met, and they're having a like a party for that. And I think that's nuts because at the end of Beetlejuice, she is like all up with the good ghosts, who like have been allowed to stay. What the shit is this? Well, it's a kids' show, so they. I know it's a kids' show. I just. I never understood. The same with Clueless. I'm pretty sure Clueless was a kids show. They just they made these shows different and than the original, but wanted the property so that they could make money. Totally. I mean, Tim Burton was involved in the TV show. I just like I keep hearing this Beetlejuice two is coming, and I'm like, well, if it's if Beetlejuice the TV show is canon because Tim Burton had a hand in it, he's going to be the hero in the next movie, and that's wrong maybe he won't though because again this is a kids show there's a very dip like they're they're creating different things and whether or not but is it canon that's what i want to know i looked it up online i couldn't figure it out but it's a year after the movie we'll find out it's crazy so jay what'd you get for your birthday uh well i got a google home so uh, we have basically just been testing it out like crazy, being like, okay, Google this. Okay, Google that. Okay, Google this. And now my phone, of course, is going crazy because it's hearing these words. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting having this in our house. We use the mute button a little bit more. The mute button? Yeah. So, like, if you don't want it listening, you can just hit the mute button and it's not listening for the phrase okay. that turns it on. But um, it can play like any radio station you want. It can play any music you want. You can use it to control your TV if you have a Chromecast, which we do. So like I can say, hey, 
do this and right. play this on there. And it'll start playing. And it's kind of neat. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the new upgrades are because it's so new to Canada. It's the first one in Canada, uh, one of these voice assistants. So I want to see what the new specs come to it in the coming months. I've never really understood the value proposition of these assistants. Like, one, when I'm at home, I don't really like talking if I don't have to. Like, unless I'm talking to a human, the idea of viewing, of using my voice to ask an assistant for the weather or whatever seems really onerous. Like, oh, God, now I have to talk to ask what the temperature is outside. But more than that, I'm failing to see what they do for your life that's so great. Well, you know, it's it's a brand new toy for me, so I'm I'm having fun with it. But I like if I pop in some laundry, I can just come back home and say, hey, Google, set a timer for 36 minutes. Right. And then, boom, there's a timer set. Or, hey, Google, what are the hours for whatever? But you could do that whatever. on your phone when you're downstairs. Yeah, but if I'm in the kitchen or if I'm working or something, I, I could just... Do that quickly. Mm. It reads out to me and it's done. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still don't see the difference because you have a Google phone and you can literally do the same thing. But if your phone's in the other room charging or whatever. I mean, we do live in a world where our phones are usually not that far away. Um, but if I've got my if my hands are full, it's great. Yeah. Sometimes I'll ask it for recipes and it sends recipes to my phone. That's cool. It's kind of neat. Doesn't read them to you. Uh, it can also read them to you. So yes. when you're cooking, it's like next step and it'll tell you the next step. That's fun. That's so a that's fun all right. little feature. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the time we live in like this world where we just do it ourselves on our phone. So it's it's new. But I I want to think that like when I come home one day and all of my lights are smart lights, I can be like, hey, Google, turn on the lights. Right. <laughs> be like living in the future. <laughs> Welcome in, it's time for Him Possible and Her Possible Trivia. Let's meet our contestants. All right, it is officially time for Him Possible and Her Possible Trivia. This is a game where Jay and I have prepared five questions for ourselves. We ask the other person those five questions. They have 45 seconds to get the correct answer. If their answer is wrong and we have time, we'll go back over the questions again. This is a great game for you guys to play along as you listen. This is also one of those games that we usually have to play in person. And we're actually in person today. We are. Because I have to set up the timer. I've got to make sure it's all set. And it's hard to do that over our Skype. So I always like when we play this because we're usually together. That's cool. I never even, I don't think we've ever even tried the other way, but yeah, you're totally right. It'd be very tricky. All of a sudden it goes off and you have a delay and you don't hear the alarm and that just very tricky. Very tricky. I completely agree. All right. Well, let's do this. Do well, you want to get asked questions first or do you want to ask first? I will get asked first. All right. My first one is multiple choice. Okay. So start the timer at the end of me reading the question. You got it. All right. Which of the following actors have never been in a Spielberg movie? A. Corey Feldman, B. John Belushi, C. Matthew McConaughey, or D. Patrick Swayze? Patrick Swayze. What is the world's most abundant metal? 
quartz. Where was Jurassic Park filmed predominantly? Costa Rica. Which insect has the most legs? Spider. In what year was Ghostbusters released? 1984. What is the world's most abundant metal? Steel. Where was Jurassic Park filmed? Venezuela. Which insect has the most legs? S centipede. What is the world's most abundant metal? Uh, oh. oh, wow. You did a lot less good. Damn than, it. Like, I thought you What's do better. What's the steel? Uh, aluminum. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Shit. Yeah, aluminum. Uh, Jurassic Park was filmed in Hawaii. Oh, I didn't. I never would have got there. And uh, the insect with the most legs, you were close. Millipede. It's the millipede. The damn millipede. I said, as soon as they said centipede, I was like, no, no, millipede. And uh, it has four legs per segment of body. And centipedes have two legs per se segment of body. And they're super creepy. They're all really gross. All right. You ready for yours? I'm ready. Here we go. Who played Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice? Winona Ryder. Who does Jason Momoa play in Justice League? Aquaman. What ocean is attached to the east coast of Canada? Atlantic Ocean. Name an ocean animal that can sting you. Uh, eel. When's my birthday? Uh, October 28th. Name an ocean animal that can sting you. Um, jellyfish. You got five for five with what? 15 seconds on the clock. That's amazing. I thought my birthday would definitely just like totally throw you for a loop. Well, it's because we just had the conversation. I thought it was the 30th and I knew it was two days before the 30th. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, so you now. totally destroyed me this time. The problem, though, is that you're still only ever going to get birthday responses on the 30th because only on the 30th will I remember that it was before the 30th. I don't care. Really, I don't <laughs> care. It's fine. We can just ignore it all together. It's fine. <laughs> wow. You Well, the last few times you have smoked me, you've done so well and I've done so poorly. Do you remember that one with Pittsburgh where I got zero correct? You got like two. I don't even think so. I think you did. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess I picked like hard ones. I thought you'd get all the Jurassic Park ones super easily, actually. No, I just got Ghostbusters. And what was the other one? Um, which actor has never been in a Spielberg movie? Yeah. Although it took me some time to think of who Corey Feldman, what Corey Feldman was, was in. in. I still don't know. I'm kind of thinking E.T. I think it was Goonies. But he didn't direct it. That was Richard Donner. Oh. I don't know. I will have to look it up because I did explain it in the article I got it from, but I, I don't remember. Look it up. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. Two weeks ago, we asked you to watch Hounds of Love. And then Ivana screwed up, did not watch the movie, and we had to push it to today. Have you watched it? Yes, I've seen it. Dear God, thank you. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie. Um, it's a little messed up movie that examines like the messed up minds of people who abduct, torture, murder young females. That is correct. <laughs> so off the bat, we're introduced to a quiet 1980s suburban town in Australia. And it's like this quiet slow motion playground 
We watch a girl walk home from volleyball by herself. She is quickly picked up by what seems like a friendly neighbor. Cut to a woman in bed listening to a murder. This is our first introduction to what the movie has in store for us. Then the flick introduces us to Vicky, who is a semi-unlikable teenage brat with parents going through a divorce. So one night... Vicky is told that she can't go out because she's been handing in bum assignments. But guess what? She sneaks out, goes to the party anyway. And that's where a familiar car pulls up, driven by Eleanor with John on the passenger side, and they try to sell Vicky some weed. Lo and behold, she does want weed. Shocking for a teenager. <laughs> and because circumstances are that the weed is at their home... She jumps in willy-nilly into their car and off she goes. And at Evelyn and John White's home, they start looking for the weed. They offer her a drink and she accepts it and downs it quickly. No surprise. Vicky starts feeling a little woozy here. It's very apparent she's been drugged and soon she's tied up in chains to a bed. And that's where John gets off on this. And then Eleanor tries to keep him focused on her. And now we're watching John get a blowy while staring at Vicky as Vicky is screaming. That dude is savage. Next up is a cat and mouse game for Vicky using Eleanor's jealousy to manipulate her into letting her out of her handcuffs. Plus, John is manipulating Eleanor into doing these horrible things, and that's the crux of this. John is the power player here, and Eleanor, who loves him, will do anything to keep him. Exactly. But with Vicky and John playing mind games with Eleanor's head, you know, at some point something's got to give. Right. The tipping point comes when John's abusive behavior leads him to kick Eleanor's dog to death. Thankfully, off camera, Eleanor screams and she jumps towards John and he swats her away. So all the while, Vicky is losing it. She is chained in the bed and hearing all this racket of the dog. Um, but it's very possible in this moment she realizes she has a little more leverage now over Eleanor than she did before. Right, and shortly afterwards, her mother, with the help of Vicky's boyfriends, a cool crypto language, and a letter that Vicky handwrites, uh, discovers an address. Quickly, Vicky's parents and boyfriend arrive on the street and they bang on the door, but it turns out it's not the right house. Uh, but that doesn't stop Vicky's parents from hollering in the street, screaming her name. And while all this is going on, John is watching from the doorway with his bookie, who has come collecting for cash, and Eleanor holds a knife to Vicky's throat. Uh, this is the Hail Mary pass that Vicky needs. She makes one last attempt to convince Eleanor that she's never going to get her kids back and that this man is never going to stop killing young girls. When John comes back in the house, Eleanor stabs him. Vicky makes a run for it out the bathroom window that's no longer guarded by that dog that was once chained there. And Eleanor stands in the driveway waiting for her with the knife, um, but she doesn't make a move, and Vicky walks past her. The film ends with Vicky walking quickly after her parents' car, and the car pulls over, her mother runs out, and they embrace. So it's a happy ending. Yeah, I mean, it's a happy ending for somebody who was, like, tortured and raped and beaten but to they, she didn't finally get, get out. Yeah, she got out. Yeah, it's as happy an ending as when, like, Brie Larson leaves the room in room. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so what did you think about Hands of Love? Um, I thought it was a decent movie. 
Yeah, it was pretty decent. Like, I, I honestly, I, I found it on a best of 2017 list. I don't know that I think it's the best of 2017. No, I don't it's think so It's not either. making my top 10. Not me either. Um, but it's good. Like, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. It's like got a class, like a C, a C plus maybe. Yeah. See, I liked that we got into the heads of the abductors. So many times in these, like, torture-y movies. Also... The torture part of these movies was kind of off camera. There was Which I really like. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of this like torture porn that we've seen in past movies. This is more uh, it's what is going on with the abductees. It's what the captors yeah. are going through. I'll be honest, I think this is really Eleanor's story um more, more than, than anyone. E- more than Vicky and John. Yeah, cuz Vicky I mean, you're right. Other than the logistical things that we had to know about her, like creating that crypto language with her boyfriend, um, she was so typical and you didn't need to really know anything about her. You just needed to know that these two abducted her and what was going on in their minds to do that. Right. And it helped to have her mom, you know, like mom fury saying, no, my child did not run away. Something is wrong. And going, even though all the police and everything are like, yeah, your kid just ran away. Yeah. And, um, but John, John remains a very two dimensional character. And I think that's what kind of drops the story a little bit for me because we know he's an abusive man and we know he likes to do this and we know that he's convinced Eleanor, but, but we don't know why we don't know how this happened. We, yeah, we have no concept of what he did to get her to agree to all this. And almost, I want to see that story a little bit. I want to know why it seemed like there was a kid at some point and now there's not a kid. Like what, what is that all about? Well, her children were taken away from her. Uh, and she was, uh, there was a lot of illusions. Like we know a lot about Eleanor, right? Like a lot of people talk about how she was into drugs and or alcohol at some point. She wants her kids to come back. Yeah. They're, they're off in foster care, I assume, or with the father or with her mom or something like that. Right. But this is not doing anything. To yeah. There's get, no way you're going to have, kids you're not going to have kids ever again, a, a child, like an, another kid who is no. being like abducted and, and, He's somehow convinced her that he'll do this to get it out of his system when he thinks that she's ready to be able to handle kids. Then he'll stop killing girls and she can have her kids back. Which is madness. Madness. Like how she believes him is madness. But I did and I didn't see enough of him convincing her. He's also like not convincing outside of this house. Like, yeah, like that was an interesting part of the story that I really liked. Like he owed this bookie money. He was afraid of this guy. Yeah. He, in the real world, was nobody and less than a nobody to people. But in this house, he was the man of the house. He was like Eleanor was his property. Yeah. And anything that went wrong in this house, including, you know, dog taking a crap on the carpet. If that went against his rules, someone was suffering for it. Yeah, he was definitely a classic abuser in that way. I think that um, I read an article a, a couple of years ago now, actually, about these scenarios and these relationships, like in real life, like a psychologist who looks into people who abduct and murder people and how often there is an alpha and a beta. And it goes into the psychology of what makes someone a beta. Um, oh, wow. And so... A lot of watching this, I thought, was very much like that. Like, you asked more questions than you took away. You were like, why? Why would she go along with this? How 
in any way did you get with this guy and then he talked you into this. Right. Like how could you, a mother, and maybe it had to do with the drugs that she was on or like he was doing it, he was her dealer or I don't know. I think she was on the streets. Like, But nothing would prepare you for this yeah really it's it's a little she's she goes along with it in such a way but it doesn't fit because she spends the entire movie trying to capture his attention and feeling jealous of these girls Uh, and so i didn't get that why how and there's this scene where john rapes vicky yeah and then lies about it and you watch as he that was actually an interesting scene because he's explaining to her that like Look, look at what was in the laundry. I did the laundry or mm-hmm. whatever because her underwear were on the floor. Yeah. And it was very clear what John had done. She was crying. She was look, like getting Eleanor to like, look, look what happened. Right. And the way that he could manipulate her back into like his grace after that. Very interesting. I think the movie uh, was fascinating it's worth watching but it's not like the greatest movie i've ever seen i don't think i'll ever watch it again oh yeah not gonna watch it again (laughs) (laughs) um is it a horror movie uh no i think it could be a psychological thriller yeah i I think more like that but i think the target audience is horror lovers but this just happens to be not a horror movie but it is for them i don't think anyone that isn't maybe also obsessed with the concept of couples who abduct and kill people will like this movie. Like it doesn't have that. Aspect, right. Unless right. you're into horror. Yeah, I think you're right. I totally I'm with you there. Um, so would you rate it? What do you think? A three? Three, three and a half. Okay. Um, it's done some new and interesting things. Uh, I really like the cinematography all throughout. I liked um there was lots of pauses into slow motion that made everything look remind me of the fifties. Um, and I thought that was interesting. So I like the aesthetic of this film. There was definitely aesthetic parts of this film that felt like this is a nice place to live. Yeah. And, and, and you would want to live here, even though this is happening literally in a house and you would never know it. Right. Which yeah. I also couldn't understand because wouldn't people be able to hear her? But then I assume well, they must have soundproofed. They must have soundproofed because she was screaming pretty damn loud. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is House Hounds of Love. Next week, please join us. We're going to watch a TV show. Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. It's the first original YouTube Red series. That's right. We're going to give this a shot because we just loved the trailer so much when we did it in series Survival. And uh, next week, we're going to dissect that a little bit. So please come on our little journey with us. Two times, two times tech. tech. No, no, two two times. Two. So, okay, right. One, two. Two times three. tech. No, no, go on three and then go. One, two, three. Two times two tech. Times tech. <sighs> All right. It's been a while, and we are doing two times tech. This is a segment where we take a look at some cool tech stuff that has come out into the world or is going to be coming out into the world, and we tell you about it. So the first, it was unveiled at CES as like a, a, a concept car, and it's totally aimed at millennials, and it r- makes you rethink 
What does it mean to be driving a minivan? That's right. It is a six-person seated minivan. All of the seats move. Uh, all of the places can add more storage. The seats can come down. So you got a flatbed. And it's pre-ready. It's like pre-gaming. Yeah. For when when auto driving cars. Yeah, I think one of the coolest in. parts was when you looked at it and it looked like it didn't have a steering wheel at all. And then you like pressed a button and it and came it, out. It and then, zooms out like iRobot. Yeah, and then plus you've got these two almost like gaming like joystick handle things on the side, and that's your your wheel. Like it's so cool. It looked amazing and. You know, the way the doors open, they kind of slide open. Like a minivan. Like a minivan. But didn't they do the... Uh, yeah, they both They slide. both slide to the side. Yeah, they both slide to the side. So it's like like a suicide door minivan it's scenario. Like, it's like if you are going to a Walmart and sliding doors open for you, it's like that. But du- dual, they both open for you. Yeah. So, okay, I think minivans are the worst. I don't know about you. <laughs> what do you think about minivans? Well, I like anything I can get a lot of storage into. Because oh, as so you, you know, are like a minivan as person. you know, Christmas is coming and Becky's going to want that damn real tree. So <laughs> a minivan would, would solve all my problems. Um, I, I'm like a sedan girl through and through. I'm like, what do you need all that space for? That's what you hire moving like, or borrow a moving company car or whatever. But so I've, but I've never seen, uh, like, it doesn't look like a traditional minivan. It looks a little bit more like a much lower to the ground, um, SUV. That's right. Yep. That's true. And I got to say, I never thought I would ever be open to like being like, what a cool minivan. But man, what a cool minivan. Soccer moms of the world. You've heard it here from Ivana. This is cool. (laughs) She is the queen of cool. She knows what is cool. You must go out and get yourself a Chrysler Portal. I don't think they are actually out in the road yet. Does not matter. (laughs) Pre-order that. All right. We also have a second tech conversation to talk about. And these are the Atomic Bands that are sort of in Kickstarter mode. They they need your money for funding. Yeah, they do. And basically, they are Bluetooth gaming like wrist pads. They're pretty neat. So the way it works is you attach them to your body and you are kind of explained how to move. So maybe you're learning ninjutsu or karate, perhaps, it will show you the proper way, and if you do it the proper way, you get points in like a gaming kind of atmosphere. Totally. I feel like this has endless applications into the world of virtual reality. But also think of boxing. You could have virtual boxing matches. Well, yeah. You can have virtual workouts. You can have virtual dance lessons. Like Learning how to salsa in your own room with these things on will be awesome. And if you have like the full VR, you'll feel like you're in like this... This other cool thing. Um, they're also kind of cool looking. They're very like 80s throwback, but in a way that's delightful. I agree. It looks, uh, they look very high tech with lots of LED lights on them and very purple and neon. So it comes together to create a Temple of Doom Oracle device thing <laughs> that you get to like charge looks like an archaeological gem that indiana jones would go after yeah exactly so i don't know it's really fun the the founder of it she seems just lovely and geeky and charismatic 
Yeah, really charming. Really charming. But in this like geeky way that I think works. Totally. Yeah. And I I would absolutely like move the furniture in my house to try and learn how to dance in a certain way or, uh, you know, do tai chi in my living room and Absolutely. and know that i'm doing it right because i've got the guide in front of me you know i feel like it'd be great for yoga oh be unbelievable yeah now i don't know how they do this with just wrist thingies and that's what makes it i think also so cool i think they'll probably introduce other things like maybe something that you put on your back maybe something you put on your thighs or your leg or something but they seem to be able to do a lot. We like even in the videos, there's like a dude that maybe he is a great dancer, but he doesn't look like a, a guy who knows how to dance. And he made he did some moves that I was like, whoa. Yeah. So if he's looking at a screen and learning, it's working, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So the atomic bands, I think, are a thumbs up for me. The minivan, another thumbs up. I, I would get all of these things. All these things. And you should check them out. We've got links for you in our show notes. And that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to help us support the show, we'd really appreciate it. All you have to do is hop onto iTunes or whatever podcast service you're using and give us a quick rating and review. Bensound.com is our intro song source. We encourage you to check out all our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and the sound effects that we use. Jay and I love hearing from you, so don't be a stranger. Reach out to us on our website, morethanmovies.net. Or you can email us at hello at morethanmovies.net. Or reach us on Facebook slash morethanmoviespodcast. Or you can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next Monday with an all new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. Watch more.